Hello, this is Daryl Kessel with today's Kessel Report. This is Friday, the 12th day of January in the year of our Lord, 2024. I will be talking about this upcoming year and what has already happened along with what that portends for the rest of the year. Everything, or virtually everything, coming out of Washington seems to be based on Obvious lies, but I suppose we the people are expected to act as if we believe them and to persecute those who don't believe them, especially if we are convinced through propaganda that it is in our best interest to believe them. To end last year and start the new year, the president took a two-week vacation in St. Croix, then returned to give a 32-minute speech about January 6th before leaving for another vacation in Delaware. I got the transcript of his speech and studied it as well as reading the commentary of various news pundits reporting on what the president said. It's obvious to me that he thinks half the population which hates Donald Trump is enough, enough to keep him in power because he has nothing to say except what he is constantly accusing Donald Trump of saying. But that's an old Saul Alinsky trick, i.e. accuse your enemy of what you yourself are doing. The speech was based entirely on the lie that the January 6, 2021 protest at the U.S. Capitol was an insurrection, for example. This lie by the president, quote, Jill and I attended the funerals of police officers who died as a result of January 6th, end quote. This is such an outrageous, obvious lie that it just seems impossible that any speechwriter could have written it down for the president to say lies are necessary to support the narrative of January 6th as an insurrection. So any lie, no matter how obvious, no matter how blatant, is justified to maintain the illusion. The lies are spread across the land, repeated many times over by compliant lying media. The speech did reveal, however, what is apparently the president's tactic for this election, and that is that all problems the nation faces are the result of distance and enemies of the state. The speech set the tone for the new year, especially the presidential election. It is Joe Biden, the savior of liberal democracy against the very evil Trump slash Hitler. President Joe must keep the evil forces of MAGA at bay or we will quickly dissolve into Nazi Germany. You might think I am exaggerating, but I'm not. The president wants us to believe that nothing else should matter to America, not mortgage interest rates, the price of hamburger, the price of fuel, violent crime, invasion of our southern border, homelessness, $34 trillion of debt, collapse of meritocracy and higher education, anti-Semitism among the Ivy Leagues and other elite, destruction of the middle class. Nothing matters except the evil MAGA people. I suspect that the president's handlers realize that there is nothing positive, nothing good, that can be said about this man's time in office, so they must concentrate on demonizing half the country. It's very creepy to have people in office who use such rhetoric to describe the American people. It seems they're willing to completely divide and destroy the country if they can somehow, by any means necessary, retain power, I suppose, to them. A liberal democracy is when they, the liberals, as they might call themselves, never lose power, even if they must lie, cheat, subvert elections, and destroy others to keep it. Trump speaks the same language as that used in Nazi Germany, the president said. Yes, Joe, yes, that's right. Bring us together. Be transparent, and by all means, give us a leader we can trust to tell the truth and be someone we can look up to, his enemy. 
The evil Nazi Trump said, quote, Happy Fake Insurrection Day, the first insurrection with armed tour guides and unarmed participants, end quote. Well, I suppose Trump was alluding to the now reported 200-plus FBI agents among the insurrectionists guiding them into the speaker's offices, etc. That's enough about the president's speech, but I can't leave him just yet while he was in Delaware recovering from his grueling two-week St. Croix vacation and his 32-minute speech. He took the time to summon some media people to visit him in Delaware. He had people from most news services, including the New York Times and the Washington Post. His incredibly positive coverage from those in attendance apparently isn't enough. So he offered them greater access in return for more positive coverage. The media representatives were shown a spreadsheet showing where their coverage is falling short, according to the president. This was all leaked by people in attendance at the event, which they were told would be repeated periodically. I wonder how any of those people can now refer to themselves as journalists. I told you last week I would try to discuss the wars America is currently involved in, and this story isn't exactly war, but it does involve the U.S. command structure. It seems that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin <clears throat> decided to go AWOL, AWOL for the better part of a week. In our system, the president is the commander-in-chief. The Secretary of Defense is his civilian go-between with the officers of general rank. Each branch of the service also has a civilian secretary to serve as a go-between with the Secretary of Defense. The Secretary of Defense is second only to the president in the chain of command, so without him, the system breaks down. If I know that fact, you can bet enemy nations and terrorist groups know it as well. He has a deputy, currently a civilian, who happened to be on vacation out of the country, so there was literally no one in the command structure of civilian rank below the president, who coincidentally was also vacationing in various places, as I said earlier. Secretary Austin did not tell the president he was leaving his office, and he didn't even tell his deputy, so no one knew where he was except the doctors at Walter Reed Hospital. Turns out that he went to the hospital to get treated for prostate cancer, a very understandable reason. <clears throat> the thing that's not understandable, and that illustrates the dysfunction in this administration, is that he was gone, and no one knew where he was. This is not about politics, folks, but it's about the security of the country. Broken command structure is very dangerous, cannot be allowed to happen, as <clears throat> we must have effective Pentagon leadership led by real warriors in charge of the military if we're going to succeed, dysfunction, along with many other things, is affecting recruitment, more importantly, readiness. Men with the temperament to be warriors want to be led by warriors they can look up to. When I served, granted, that was many years ago, every officer in the immediate chain of command above me had extensive combat experience, so we all knew we were being trained and led by the best not so much anymore, or so it seems. I turn my attention now from lying propaganda and the breakdown in the military command structure to simple greed, incompetence, and most of all, corruption. Yes, yes, folks, it seems that, to quote Stephen Cruiser, writing for PJ Media, quote, Trump haters in Georgia are getting their fanny handed to them, end quote. That is Fannie Willis he's talking about, the district attorney serving in Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, 
She brought several felony indictments against Donald Trump, all relating to his questioning and investigation of election fraud. In the 2020 election in Georgia, the indictments were brought under the RICO Act, which is a very complicated act intended to be used against mafia figures, drug cartels, and the like. When she got the indictments, she was by law supposed to go to the city council for permission to hire a special prosecutor, but she didn't do that. No, she she just decided to hire on her own a civilian attorney in private practice to prosecute these cases. The attorney she hired has no experience in RICO, has never tried a RICO case. His name is Nathan Wade. He also happens to be her boyfriend, her lover, whatever you want to call him. He has reportedly been paid about $654,000 to date, with which he and Fanny have taken several trips together. Currently, they have two cruises booked. This started by her admission while he was married and before he began divorce proceedings, but now divorce proceedings have begun. I guess currently we should call divorce in America a dissolving of a partnership in our post-Christian world. <clears throat> but nevertheless, this is obvious corruption, highly impermissible. Motions have already been filed to get the indictments currently pending against 18 people dismissed. In case you're wondering or asking, oh, quote, so what? How does this affect the indictments? She is the district attorney. And she profited a great deal from bringing criminal indictments. She profited from them, folks. She brought against criminal defendants. Criminal charges have been filed against her for corruption in her office. I now turn my attention from lying propaganda, breakdowns in the command structure of the military, blatant corruption, to war, as I promised to do, war. That's my beat, usually. The war in Ukraine is in many ways more vicious and brutal than ever. No one does brutality quite like the Russians and the Ukrainians, so it is expected to get progressively worse. Yes, folks, it gets worse thanks to the contributions of the American people to this struggle. The contributions are finally starting to be questions, however. That has at least started talk about starting talk. Vladimir Putin has said he remains willing to talk, and supposedly the American administration has told Zelensky he should be willing to cede some territory to bring an end to the conflict, so maybe, just maybe, there's hope. The F-16 fighter jets promised to Ukraine some six months ago are now on hold for another six months. The Europeans seem reluctant to send more weapons, more money, more tanks, more airplanes, unless talks are started. Even the Germans have voiced some doubt, although they're basically committed to doing whatever the Americans tell them to do. The truth is that both sides are running out of money, out of weapons, most importantly, out of human grist for the death mills. The Russians seem to be grinding down the Ukrainian army and killing off its male population little by little, so hopefully... We will have had enough bloodshed soon and call it all off. In Israel slash Gaza, I suspect that unfortunately we are just getting started. What will Israel do with Gaza when they occupy all of what's left of it? Will they rebuild it or will the American taxpayers do it for them? Most of what I read from many sources refer to the war in Gaza as genocide. The Israelis are committing genocide against the Palestinian people, but I wonder if that is really what this is. 
What many in the press, both Western and non-Western, refer to as genocide, the Israelis refer to as war. Many women and children are dying, with the count now over 22,000, according to Gazan media sources, and that is evidence of genocide, they say. Women and children are always the innocent victims of war. That should not come as a surprise to anyone when the U.S. and Great Britain sent 1,000 bombers over Dresden, Germany. More than 100,000 people died in the firestorm. No one accused the Allies of genocide. It was war. Pure and simple, that is war's result. However, I will admit that the Allies did not have the extermination of all Germans as a goal. It seems to me, though, that as a result, all the anti-Semitism we are seeing in America, along with the attacks on Jews, are also attacks on Christianity, on Christian civilization. Just give them time, folks. Give them time. They'll get around to us. This war gets more dangerous by the day. A region-wide explosion seems almost inevitable. U.S. air attacks throughout the region, especially Syria, Lebanon, are almost daily occurrences. The Houthis, who serve as Iranian proxies in Yemen, have been harassing commercial shipping in the entrance to the Red Sea, which they control. The Red Sea controls entry through the Suez Canal into the Med. Many shipping companies have refused to enter the Red Sea and instead sail around Africa, adding more than 4,000 miles to the journey. 40% to the cost. In addition, the drop-off in use of the Suez Canal is costing Egypt millions of dollars each day. The U.S. Navy has been ordered to stop the attacks, which will, I'm afraid, eventually involve a U.S. attack against Houthi Iranian forces in Yemen. War is a terrible thing, folks. Americans should only consider it when there is no other viable option. I can say that on behalf of all those women and children. I don't have to face the reality of how many of them I'm killing. How do politicians sleep at night, I wonder. I sometimes wonder that. To quote the Bible in conclusion of this report, from Matthew chapter 2, verses 16, 17, and 18, quote, Herod sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem. And in all that region, who were two years old or under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. End quote. Finally, folks, the destruction of Western civilization continues unabated in 2024 from what was rumored to once be a Christian nation. Now comes war, propaganda, corruption, inflation, massive unpayable debt, lies, lies, and more lies. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.